much for joining us today on episode number 77 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we are talking about the theory of relativity. It might sound a little scientific for our running podcast, but we're going to talk about how this theory of relativity definitely applies to our life, our priorities, and our running. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So, all about the theory of relativity. This is like right up your alley, Mr. Physics teacher. I know. You suggested we do an, uh, one on the theory of relativity. I'm like, well, I'm going to need a whiteboard. We're going to have to have some video components to this. <laughs> we'll explain the concept of black holes. It'll be great. Right. So, basically, this idea for this episode came from a book that I recently read. And the name of the book is called The Big Leap. It's by an author named Gay Hendricks. And it's a fantastic book that I highly do recommend. But it does get a little scientific at parts. It gets a little woo-woo at parts, right? Mm-hmm. It's very um, ethereal in a lot of Ooh, ways. ethereal. That was nice. Thank you. <laughs> but there's a lot of very big concepts that are essentially relative. And so one of the big things that he talks about in the book, um, other than just the, the concept of the different zones that we like to spend time in, is the, is the theory of time itself, the concept of time. So he talks about time as being, there's, there's two different theories when it comes to time. And the original is the Newtonian theory of time, which is, comes from Isaac Newton, which basically says that time is linear, that there's a start and time just continues onward. There's nothing we can do about it. It keeps going. And essentially we're victims of time. Like we can't do anything to change time. We're just on this time. It's constantly moving. It's never stopping. And here we are just kind of floating along, right? Yeah. Time's like a, time is a stream. We're a leaf and you just kind of go with the flow. That's, I mean, that's classic physics is Mm -hmm. Time is, you know, anytime I have the kids draw graphs in class, time is just this line with an arrow pointing forward. That's right. that's what it is. It's linear and it's fixed. Yep. And and we just simply go along with it. No matter what else is going on, we, we just simply live on this uh, unchanging timeline we have. Right. And then there's the new theory of time, which he likes to call... Einstein time. And it's Einstein's theory of relativity. Right. So it's based on Einstein's theory of relativity, which basically says that everything in our life is relative and that we are not victims of time, but yet we are the source of time, which I think is a very interesting concept to try to wrap your head around. You know, he says we are the source of time. We make time. So in, in, relative physics time is i like to still think of it as a stream Mm -hmm. but you're not just a leaf floating you can now swim with the river so you can swim with it you can swim against it so you can essentially change how time passes Mm -hmm. it's not just this uh unending conveyor belt that you're on Mm -hmm. but you can actually move in different directions Mm -hmm. and a good example of this um, are actually, actually good examples of this are the different activities in your life, right? There are some times where you can feel like you don't have enough time, where you feel like there's a million different things to do and there's never enough time in the day. I mean, time is used as an excuse all the time. But just thinking about activities in your life, right? If you're doing something that you really enjoy, I mean, there's a reason that there is a phrase that says time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. I mean, that's the weekend is never quite long enough, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is what my students ask me every Monday. The ones that are always trying to kiss up. Hey, Mr. Brown, how was your weekend? And I'm like, short. How was yours? Yes. (laughs) It's remarkably short. That's, that's usually my go-to answer. And Mm -hmm. it, it usually gets a chuckle because everybody can relate to that. How was your weekend? Even if your weekend was a blast, the answer is still, it was too short because Mm -hmm. it just cruises by. Right because that's the stuff that you want to be spending time on. Yes. And it feels like you don't have enough time to always do that. And you have 
then, you know, boom, you're back into the week and the grind and you back to work and the routine and everything else that you've got going on. Yeah. And I mean, I've got this sort of set schedule during the school day of I have two classes and then I have a break for homeroom and then I have a couple more classes and a break for lunch. And there are Mondays where I'm a, I'm a you know, I've gone two classes and my homeroom starts showing up and I'm like, it's only homeroom. I thought it was lunch mm-hmm. because time is just, it's dragging. Right. And so like, we've all kind of experienced this idea that time is relative. It depends on ha- what kind of excitement you have. Right. You know, the, the thing that I wrote down is how fast did your weekend go versus how long was that last trip in the dentist chair? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the middle of a root canal, the dentist is like, okay, well, this is my job. I'm going to do this. And it, time probably moves at a normal pace for them. But you with the drill going into your mouth, <laughs> You were there for seven or eight days, it feels like. Right. And I like the other example that you wrote down too, like the day before Christmas, right? <laughs> the the day before Christmas, how long is that for you as a parent versus your six-year-old child, right? Who is just losing it by breakfast. They're like, right. this is the longest day ever. And you're like, and you're I like, have... I have no time to get everything accomplished that I want to accomplish or that I need to accomplish. We still have to get these many presents. We haven't even finished putting up the lights outside. That thing keeps blinking over there, and I haven't wrapped a dang thing. <laughs> it's like that... <laughs> Do you remember that Christmas song, like the 12 Days of Christmas? Um, like, not the classic version, yes, but like... Yes, the redone one? Yeah, the redone version like the the more modern version of it is like no why do they keep on blinking <laughs> yes every every <laughs> time it came through the lights just got more and more chaotic every no, verse why, of the song. why is that one blinking <laughs> there's there's so much to do but to look at the day before such this like huge excitement for everybody as as a parent you're looking at it as all of this stuff that still needs to get done and this short little time you have and kids are just ready to ready to dive under the christmas tree the next morning the day is just dragging for mm-hmm. them yeah and then i mean if you think about just the concept of time in general especially as a parent i think and it's funny because i've talked to a lot of people about this, especially since I do treat a lot of elderly patients and just the concept of time in general about how when you're a kid, it feels like time takes forever. To It takes forever between one Christmas, Christmas and the next or yes. between one birthday and the next. And the older you get, the faster time seems to move. Yeah, that's right? very, very and, good point. And it's like, you know, thinking about our life now, especially with children and seeing how quickly they seem to be growing up. There's that phrase that the days are long, but the years are short. Yes. Right? I mean, it, and it, I feel like it's so true. Like, there are some days that just seem like, oh my gosh, this is the longest day <laughs> ever. Like, I just need to crawl into bed. How is it only lunch? It's time for bed. Right. It's clearly time for bed. <laughs> and yet you blink and suddenly, you know, suddenly we've got a third grader. We've got a 10-year-old, right? Yeah, like, I, that's she's turning 10 this year. Like, that's insane. That's double digits. I know. When I when I first started teaching, um, you know, we were we were together, but we were engaged at the time. And the first year that I had you know, graduation, and the parents would come up to me afterwards, and I'll be like, "Oh, I can't believe they're graduating high school. Time just goes so fast." And I had I had nothing to relate them to relate to. You know, yeah. we didn't have anything. And then then we had our first kid, and the parents would come up to me, and they're like, "Oh, don't you have a newborn?" cherish that because you're going to blink and they're going to be in high school. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I was up for third, like <laughs> 27 hours last night, even even though the day's only 24. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's, uh, I just, I just need to sleep. Maybe, maybe next year it'll have some impact. And these parents kept telling me every year at graduation, the parents are just like, go home and hug your kids because before you blink, they're going to be crossing the stage and this is going to be their high school graduation. Right. And it wasn't until the first one had kindergarten graduation that I, it, it caught me Mm. and watching like the kindergarten graduation and having been at several high school graduations, I'm like, Oh God. Oh, it's, it's almost there. (laughs) (laughs) And then the parents came up to me like the, the next year at, at high school graduation, they were like, Oh, they they grow up so fast. I'm like, just don't even talk. No, no more talking from you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true though. It's, it's funny the way that time is relative. So 
you know, at first when he, the author introduced this book, I listened to it as an audio book. So the author was, was a great narrator as well. So when he first introduced this concept of how time is relative and how we are the makers of time, I was kind of like driving in my car and I'm like, all right, buddy, what in the world are you talking about? Like, this is very, you know, out there. This is okay. I can just make whatever time I want. Like, isn't that a magical concept? But then the more I started to think about it and the more examples that I started to think of, like exactly what we're talking about here, it really is true how time is relative and time is something that we do have some control over. We we have control over how we spend it. We have control over where we put our focus and what what we decide to make time for. Like, yes, it's true. There are 24 hours in every day and every person has the same 24 hours. But you can choose to spend those time and focus your energies in different ways to make that time more of what you want versus just going with the flow and becoming a victim of that time. Well, yeah, to make that time more actual useful to you, to, mm-hmm. to make that time spent doing things that are going to further you heading in the direction that you actually want. Which brings us to one of the most popular excuses for not doing something. I just don't have enough time. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the most popular excuses. We use it. Everybody that we coach uses it. Everybody I use this that, all the time. Everybody that we talk to uses it. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, it's very easy to say, like, I don't have time for that. Or I would love to do that if I had the time. Or I would love to do that, but I just don't have the time. Or you know, some sort of variation upon that exact sentence. Because everybody everybody can jump on board. Like everybody sort of feels where you're coming from. The world looks very, very rushed. You know, I, I teach high school kids. They're in high school. They're taking like six different college level classes. They're playing a sport. They've got a part-time job. And so when they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't do my homework last night. I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, no, you actually did not have any time because you prioritized other things over your homework. Mm -hmm. So you actually did not have time to do it. You, you had time. Time existed to do it. You just chose to do other things. You had a three hour practice and then you had some, you had to, I don't know, whatever else they had on their plate, but they put other things over homework. Time existed. Like between the time I assigned it and the time it was due was about 24 hours. So there was time. They just chose to do something else. Exactly. And that proves a perfect point of what we're talking about. When people say they don't have time, basically they're saying is, this is not a high priority for me right now. That's exactly what they say. And think about, think about that move. Every time you make the statement, I don't have time, instead of saying that, maybe not say it out loud to the person that you're, you're possibly going to offend, but think to yourself, I'm putting other things over this as a priority because Mm -hmm. that's really what you're doing. That's exactly what you're saying, right? And one of the examples from the book that he used that I thought was so um, poignant was the idea that, okay, so say you're a mom and you're sitting there and you're washing dishes and you're trying to get the kitchen clean, you're trying to make dinner, and your six-year-old comes up to you and asks you to go outside and play catch. And you say, I'm sorry, sweetie, I just don't have time for that right now. I'm doing this. I've got to get dinner made. I've got to do these other things, right? I don't have time is what you say. It's what you think. You think you don't have time. Right. Okay. However, on the other hand, that same six-year-old comes to you and you're washing dishes, you're making dinner, you're doing all these things that you need to get done. And your six-year-old has a nail in his foot. Like he had just stepped on a nail. Boom. Guess what? You have time. All of a sudden, you're going to stop whatever it is you're doing and you're going to attend to that child because that child needs you. All of a sudden, that child has become more of the priority. That action of taking care of your kid has become more of the priority at that time. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So this goes to the whole idea of relativity. Mm-hmm. You know, your your time is important relative to how you're spending other times. And there's different... Uh, aspects that can make time become a, a greater priority that that can push things up the list of why you want to attend to them right then. Right, because anytime you use the excuse like I don't have time for that, like you don't have time for what relative to what, like you have to compare that because the theory of relativity 
has to have a comparison. Yes, there needs to be a comparison. If there's not a comparison, it it loses the whole relative. That's the point right. of it. So there's different reasons why you might raise or lower your priority list. Mm-hmm. So fear is a good reason to push something down. Oh, but I don't have time to do that. Maybe, or maybe you're just afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's fear of, of what could happen. You might fail if you try to do that. So Mm -hmm. let's just push that down on the list because you don't have time for it. Or it's fear of the unknown. Fear of unknown. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that you've never done before. It's something that you don't know the result of or the outcome of, like you said, like maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's fear of success. I mean, those are both very, very real things because, again, it's fear of the unknown. A lot of people are very happy in their comfort zone. And this is where I live. This is what my routine is. This is what I do. And if you were to step outside that, say you were to become a runner or say you were to decide that you were going to start eating healthier because you decided you wanted to lose some weight. Like, what does that look like? Are you going to encounter some resistance from your family? Maybe they don't want to eat healthy. Maybe you're just afraid because you don't know, like it's a lack of knowledge on, on your part of exactly what you need to do or how much time that's going to take or what's you know, involved in that whole scenario. And in that same realm is the idea of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. It's possible that flipping out of your routine will have short-term effects on your enjoyment towards the negative. You know, uh, like if, it might not be so fun at the beginning. It might not be fun at the beginning. Yeah, like the first two weeks when you get back into running. Uh, yeah. Not usually so fun. Yeah, not enjoying it myself. Yeah. Um, That's true. That's kind of where you are right now. That's kind of where I'm at. I, yeah. t- I took time off and then got sick, and so I'm trying to get back into it. And yeah, you took it, off more time than you were intending to. I definitely took off more time than I was intending to. More and, time than I wanted you to. <laughs> well, yeah, you, I'm not the most fun person to be Honey, around. Honey, aren't you going to run today? <laughs> Which which led to point three, sometimes you just don't have the motivation to do something, which is connected to fear and enjoyment out of it, is you need to have the right level of motivation. Mm-hmm. So when any situation presents itself, you very quick, whether you realize it or not, because it happens real quick, you do this sort of risk-reward play out in your head mm-hmm. of, mm, do I actually want to do that? It's like, it's a risk-reward, it's a cost-benefit analysis, and you run through all of this and you make the statement... I don't have time for that. Yeah, and it's a lot of times unconscious. Yeah, because right? it's a it's a real fast thing, yeah. and you can either say yes, I've got it, like like you said. Did your kid ask, "Hey, can we play a game?" Or did your kid scream because they cut themselves? Mm-hmm. Both of them, your kid wants your attention. One of them, you're gonna drop whatever it is you're doing and go running. Right. Right. And it's not because you don't love your kid and don't want to play catch with your kid, but at that time you just gauge certain things as a higher priority than that, or you think you're going to do it later. Right. You gauge certain things as a higher priority and you, you say that there are certain things that need to be done, that Mm -hmm. need to be done right now. And a lot of the things that we prioritize are things like, I don't know, dishes, Mm -hmm. the dishes need to be done right now. Right. The mundane monotony of life. Right. But it's, it's one of those things that like given enough motivation, you can find time to accomplish anything. It's just a matter of how motivated you are and what else you're willing to not do. Or to not do quite as as perfectly. Yeah. So the other day, um, I had... I had a day off of work, Mm -hmm. just kind of a random day off of work. And I said, okay, I'm going to mop the house. Mm -hmm. You got kind of excited that I was going to have a day off of school and I was going to mop the house. Yeah. Without me even asking. Right. You didn't ask the kid, the house is going to be empty. It was just going to be me. And I'm like, well, sweet, I'm going to mop the house. And then you were like, oh, you should do, you should do this other thing. And... Uh, which was going to be way more enjoyable for me Mm because it was related to coaching and setting up plans. And I'm like, yes, that would be fantastic. And I wanted you to spend some time doing that, which, which was awesome because that was like a huge positive for me of making me do something that I really, really enjoy doing. But then the time that I had to to clean around the house was rapidly reduced. Mm -hmm. Floor still got mopped. Just maybe not as well as it should have. Mm-hmm. But if you walk in the house, it still looks like we have a clean floor. Right. And then the girls came running in wearing softball cleats. And so it's it's not perfect anyway. <laughs> and I mean, quite frankly, how long was it going to stay a perfectly clean floor inside right. of this house? Right, exactly. You know, over the course of the week, we've got a whole lineup of practices. So the floor was going to get kind of dirty. It needed to get clean. It didn't need to get cleaned 
perfectly. And so I rushed through that because I spent more time doing what was going to make me happier, what would, what needed to be a higher priority. Mopping needed to get done, but it didn't need to spend this huge amount of time mopping and vacuuming the house. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? (sighs) Really uncomfortable. Right. Well, see, and this is the very interesting thing that you and I had a, a long discussion about last night because we were supposed to be recording this podcast last night. Yeah. But after instead, Kevin's day off. Oh, no, not happening at all. But yeah, things kind of changed because you didn't quite know how to deal with I, I spent this, this priority. No, I spent this whole chunk of time prioritizing like what I want to do, what makes me happy, what I enjoy doing. I had planned on doing this like mundane task and getting some some work done around the house and cleaning stuff. Which I greatly appreciate. Of course. But I flipped my priorities. And instead of getting done some of these tasks that, you know, quote unquote, need to be done around the house, I prioritized myself over this and my own like mental well-being. And it felt weird. And it put me in this like real grumpy place because I didn't get done things that I'm like, I'm looking around like, ah, oh, I meant to mop that thing. And I was going to cut those bushes outside. And, and I was like really in a bad mood because yeah. I didn't clip the bushes in the backyard. Right. Cause that's, that's cause my priorities are all screwy. Right. Well, and, and that's like one of those things that, you know, we preach this stuff on the podcast because in theory, this is exactly what we like to teach people. And it is, in in our minds, it's the truth, right? You need to set priorities. You need to schedule your day according to your priorities. Like these are all things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it comes easily. And that doesn't mean that it feels natural. And that doesn't mean that everything just goes perfectly as planned. But you know, let, I mean, let's talk about a little bit about our conversation last night. You know, like you were a total grumpfish at dinner and I'm like, babe, what are you upset about? And you're like, well, I don't, you know, you're just like, Arr. and I was like, well, you spent time doing what you wanted to do and something that like brought you joy and made you happy. And you're like, yeah, but then I was all rushed doing the floors and then you got home and you asked me if I had a dinner plan and, and I didn't. And I'm like, okay. But it, this but, was the thing is, in my head, yeah. you didn't ask, did you have a plan for dinner? You did. You completely, with absolute no tone. no tone, said, hey, do you have a plan for dinner? And I heard, why haven't you made dinner yet? Right. I don't think that's actually the words you said, and I don't think that's the <laughs> tone you said, but in my head, it was, why haven't you made dinner yet? You worthless husband. <laughs> You've been home all day. Why is there not food cooking? That, right. And that's what I heard, because... I'm so used to, if I'm home during the day, there are certain things that need to get done and trying to to prioritize other things over that. You know, there was a a load of laundry on the couch that I meant to fold also, and that didn't get done. And so I'm sitting there after, after putting the dinner together, which, you know, we then both worked together and got dinner put together. And, mm, and Which I'm, then angered you even more, that I'm the <laughs> one that came up with the idea for dinner. Right, because then I felt bad that I was home and I didn't make an idea for dinner. Like, right. I just, I felt bad about this. It's, it's uncomfortable when you try and rearrange your priorities mm-hmm. to put yourself ahead. Right. You know, you you had this same same experience when you were first getting into running when we had little little kids and you'd try and go out the door and they're literally clinging to your legs screaming yeah. mommy don't go right i mean and, and family is my number one priority period but what i needed to come to terms with is that me leaving for that hour was actually making my family a priority and it was for the greater good. Like me taking care of myself in that way was better for all of us. And that me spending that time and staying home with the kids for that hour, they're not going to remember that. Like they don't remember that now. No, they do not remember that they used to cling to your legs. They don't think, oh, I was just... My my whole childhood was ruined because mommy left for a run for 45 minutes. Like, right. they don't recall that. Right. Even though, like, I did feel a little guilty the other night when we were talking at dinner. And, <laughs> like, about um, this Saturday when you're, you're going to be gone, you have a track meet early. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to get up and run early now. Um, and... 
you know, I'm just going to have to skip my coffee and yoga. Like, I, like so my normal Saturday That's your normal mornings, Saturday routine. My normal Saturday routine is, like, my favorite. Like, I go out for a long run. I get coffee. Then I go to yoga. And it's just – and then I sometimes go to the farmer's market afterwards. It's just a beautiful Saturday morning. But I don't get home until later. And the girls are usually up and Kevin's taking care of them, which is fabulous. But I don't usually see them until, you know, 10 – 11 o'clock, 10.30, just depending on what time I get home. And so when we were talking about this at dinner the other night, um, I said, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to start my run early so that I can get it in so that I can get home before you need to leave for your track meet. And the girls were like, oh, hallelujah. I'm like, what? And they're like, hallelujah, you're finally going to be home on a Saturday morning. We're finally going to have you. And I'm like, seriously? And they're like, you know, like, but I I felt guilty about that, you know, like that this was something that was letting them down in some way that mommy wasn't there on Saturday mornings when they wake up. Which is just so silly because Saturday is just such a nice relaxing time. There's, there's almost never something for us to like rush and get up for. Mm -hmm. Um, there might be now that the season. That's because softball season just started. Yeah, that's because softball just started. (laughs) Um, but there hasn't been. Like, Saturday, they, the girls can sleep in a little bit. They get up and they do what they want to do. I'll make whatever they ask for for breakfast instead of, like, okay, you have to eat these things because you need to get dressed and we're off to school. And Like, it's not rushed. It's mm-hmm. relaxed. And I, I don't know. I don't know why they're – and then, I, you know, they, they panic over – I feel like over. sometimes they like to just make me feel guilty just to do it, though. Right. But then the flip side, I'm over there like, yeah, you're welcome for Saturday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And when they do like the, sometimes they do the same thing for me like when they're talking about how terrible it is that you're not going to be there for something, you know, and I'm like, "Oh, gee, thanks guys," you know. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been to every single one of your award ceremonies ever and I miss I miss them all the time. Right. And then you show up for like one of them and it's like, you know, the the right yeah, seat like is parted. It's like it descended from heaven above. Look, daddy's here for the award oh, ceremony. My God, thank God daddy's here. And I'm like, "Hello. I've been to every single one." Like, chop never. Sit over in the corner. Daddy's here now. <laughs> Oh gosh! But anyway, so yeah, where what are we talking about here? Let's get back on track. Oh man, uh, we're we're talking about how sometimes I, I, oh how we have to look at our priorities. Thank you. Right, and sometimes we have to compare those and and choose to spend time on the things that are more of a priority to us versus some of these mundane tasks. And I think that's what you are having more of the that's where that's where your inner conflict came in, right? And And that's, I think, part of the issue of what happens to a lot of people when it comes to things that they want to do versus the things that they quote unquote have to do, right? And I think that that line for a lot of people is um, blurred in some ways. And in some ways, it's a lot harder than it should be. Like that line should be more blurred. It should be more of a gray area. And some people think that like, I have to do this. I have to do that. It's like when we talked last night, like, and you were like, Oh, but I didn't have dinner made. I didn't have a dinner plan. I said, yeah, but did dinner get made? And you're like, well, yeah. And I was like, and was dinner on time? Well, yeah. But you came up with the idea, and I'm like, so? Like, we're a team, you know? Like, and did you still get this done? Well, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So, like, the things still got done that needed to get done. It just, you also then made time for what you wanted to do and things that are a priority to you, like becoming a better coach, learning, you know, spending time creating the things and the plans and everything that we're creating with this company and with this podcast and the coaching programs and everything that we're we're coming up with here like we need time to create all that because that is what we want to be doing that is what we want to be spending our time on but a lot of times that's very hard to set that that time aside in comparison you know, relative comparison to all the other tasks that we think we need to get done that day. Right. Because this is not like the, the one and only job that either of us have. And there's no deadline. 
there's not a deadline. So yeah. you can just kind of keep stretching it and you keep kind of putting it off and putting it off. Like a lot of people when they're trying to get into an exercise routine, like, oh, well, maybe I'll get into that tomorrow because today I have this, 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 and this. Like you always can come up with some other thing that there's is taking up. always something to do. And, and it's always something that's going to take up too much of your time. The question mm-hmm. is how high on the priority list are you actually making it? It's right. all, it's all a matter of relativity. Right. Did you push your personal priorities high enough? Because if you did, then you will be able to find time for it. Right. You can literally create time for something if it means enough to you. But that may mean that you have to kind of overhaul the system. And the question is just, are you willing to do that? Which involves a lot of people, perhaps not just you. That goes back to previous episodes, you know, have a support system around you because this isn't easy. And you might be a giant grump by the end of the first day because I have no idea. I was literally upset because I didn't trim the bushes in the back and fold laundry. Like I was genuinely upset that I didn't fold laundry and instead spent an hour doing what I love doing. Yeah. Like that, that had me upset. I know. And I was like, so floored by the idea because I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like I literally did not give you a honey-do list. And I said, will you please spend time doing something that love, that you love, that brings you joy? That's all I asked you to do yesterday. And I figured you would be like in a great mood and super happy. And it was the total opposite. It was complete opposite. Because <laughs> it was just, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. It was such a, a new weird twist. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's all, it's a relative thing is that change of priorities was a, a different thing for me. So even though it was a shift towards things that should bring me joy because it was a change to the system, it was, it was new and therefore it was uncomfortable. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of what, it, what its issue was. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it, that's something that I've been working through because I do have a more flexible schedule than you. And I do have more, um, blocks of time here and there, depending on like what my office schedule is and my home health schedule patients are. And you're just better at scheduling things than I am. Well, I wouldn't say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but being able to take that time and not do the dishes and not do all the other things that I know I need to do that are nagging at me. Like that's not easy because it's very easy to just fall into those things because they need to be done anyway. You know them well. It's just something that you do. It's routine. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it versus spending time creating something or doing something new that you want to do, creating new habits, creating a new routine. Maybe it's food prep. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's, you know, adding strength training into your day. Those are all things that are not routine that you might have to think about at the beginning. That's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's uncomfortable because doing the dishes, well, it's boring and mundane. Instincts. It's something that you do. And so it doesn't... And you know it. You know it. It's routine. It's part of your day. You probably have done it every day. And so to to see that pile of dishes sitting there and think, "Mm, I'm going to do this other thing first, it takes a whole rearrangement of your priorities and and realizing that those can wait, that they don't have to be done and they don't have to be done perfect when they are done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So lack of time as an excuse is definitely a real thing. And we just challenge you right now to think about that and think about like if if there's something in your life that you say I don't have time for that we literally just want you to stop and think about that and just replace that phrase I don't have time with that's not a priority for me right now or that's not as important as fill in the blank <laughs> which is probably what you're currently doing mm-hmm. so stop scrolling through your Instagram feed right. and see what else you can right. put on a priority list I mean list. think about how many how much time you do spend on Facebook or Instagram right now most people the average person I should probably look up this statistic right now we should hit pause and I should look it up but the average person probably spends a good 30 to 60 minutes a day like on social media, that's plenty of time to get your workout in if you're looking to start a running routine or that's plenty of time that you could 
batch prep a little food. You know, you could hard boil some eggs or make a batch of quinoa or something like that to help put you on track to healthier eating. You could hard boil three rounds of eggs during that time. Three rounds of eggs? Yeah, that's right. I did the math there. Yeah, well, if you want to learn how to perfectly hard boil your eggs without any of that icky gray stuff around the yolk. I've got that on the website nice. in our tribe membership. That's a good one. Yeah, for sure. Right. But the uh, the reference to social media leads to another excellent aspect of this whole relativity thing, mm-hmm. which is um, everyone likes to look around them and make comparisons. Mm-hmm. We're, we're naturally comparison beings. Right. Just humans tend to look around them and make those comparisons. Right, which makes everything relative, not just time. You know, like at the beginning of this episode, we're focusing more on the, the relativity of time. But if you think about it, Everything is relative because we tend to compare ourselves to everything else around us. Unfortunately, these direct comparisons to the things around you um, lead to really little long-term satisfaction. Like it might give you brief short-term satisfaction to be like, oh, look, my my house is cleaner than that person's house or what, like whatever this very short-term immediate comparison is, but it's not real good in terms of a long-term comparison because you're not getting any personal growth out of it yourself. Right, and it's a poor tool for goal setting in most cases, especially if you tend to compare yourself to others that make you feel better about yourself. Like what, what you just said, like if, oh, like my house is cleaner than them, or maybe I'm faster than that person or different things that you might compare yourself to try to build yourself up in the long run, that's really not doing you any good. Well, yeah, that's the comparison to things that you know that you're always going to be better. Mm -hmm. And then if you scroll through Instagram, you tend to go the other direction. It tends to compare you to ridiculous things that you could never possibly keep up with. Mm -hmm. Because the pictures that a lot of people snap up on Instagram are, you know, perfectly framed and airbrushed and they've got the right, um, I don't remember all the terms for it. Thank you. Not lighting. The, the, Filter? Filters over the top of it. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, I scrolled through them until I, until it looks like I took the picture with the correct lighting. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If I need a flash. I don't know. Let's just find the right filter. There you go. It looks like I took it with a flash. Yeah. and But the problem with comparisons is that you don't know the person's full story. Like no, You don't know all. the background. You don't know the background. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know how long it took to make that picture. You know, the person sitting there with their, like, perfectly made dinner in front of them. Did that just take them an hour? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, sometimes it takes, like, a good 15, 20 minutes just to get the right picture. Just to get the picture. Like, sometimes I spend way too long on a social media post. Like, on an Instagram post or a Facebook post in the group. Like, trying to recap the run that I just did with my friends and... You know, trying to talk about other people and get make sure I include everybody and tag everybody. Like, I spend an inordinate amount of time on that stuff that I should really be spending on other things. <laughs> on something else that right. should be of a higher priority. And so then if you go on and you're comparing yourself to what shows up on Instagram, you know, they've, they've done studies on this, that the longer you scroll through Instagram, the more you feel as though you should be comparing yourself to this. Mm-hmm. And Instagram's not a world of reality. It's a world of what people want to post, what people want to put out there. Mm -hmm. Most people want to put out their best stuff. So all you're doing is comparing to the best picture that anybody's ever taken. Mm -hmm. Not what they've looked like all day long, but just what they look like for that particular photo with the right lighting and filter and everything. And so the longer you scroll, the worse you feel about yourself Mm -hmm. because it's not a a real comparison. You're comparing yourself to fantasy land. Right. So... I mean, this, I think, leads into the whole idea of training, too, right? Like, how this relates to running. Like, we can compare ourselves to Instagram and Facebook and social media and all these people, right? And we can compare ourselves. We can compare ourselves upwards and we can compare ourselves downwards. We can say, oh, I'm better than that person. Oh, but I'm not as good as that person. And it can make us feel good or bad either way. And even if we feel like we are quote unquote better than somebody else. Like that is a very fleeting, short lived kind of comparison. And it really does no good for you in the long run because I mean, who cares? Like, yeah, I know, but the comparisons are so easy to make. Like you used to be able to compare yourself to the people immediately around you. And now with social media, you can compare yourself to the entire world. Right. Like, you know, I, I look at like my high school kids, 
uh, from like a running perspective, you used to be able to be like, okay, well, in this race, there were 100 people and I finished, you know, 20th. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And now you can go on the internet and be like, okay, well, I ran a 5k in this time. Where does that stack me up against all high school runners in the entire US? Right. And like, you're and, and you get there at your fingertips. Yes. And it's right. It takes no time. It takes no effort. Yeah. And so the comparisons become ridiculous. Well, how about when you're like in a race, though, too, and you're like running alongside and you're running in you're sitting there pushing I mean this doesn't happen to you I'm sure but when you're sitting there pushing yourself and then all of a sudden this like 80 year old like runs by you and you're like what the heck like where did that come from how am I not faster than that person or like everyone I'm sure has done this like you look around you at a race and you look at who you're running around and you're like I should be faster than that guy Yes, yes. You know? <laughs> the, the need to judge other runners right. based off of how they look or the particular clothes that they're wearing. Mm -hmm. like, that guy's or wearing, lack like, of clothes that they're wearing. That guy's wearing cargo shorts and a t-shirt. How is he faster than me? Or like the amazing men that run like in full fire gear or like cop oh, SWAT gear and that's, stuff. And that's phenomenal. Yes, if you're a cop in like army full gear, the and, army boots, oh it's it's amazing. And yeah. carrying the flag. It's, yeah. It's phenomenal. I never think to myself that I need to be faster than them. I'm just in awe that no, they're that doing the, that. That is the appropriate way to <laughs> yeah. handle that one. Yeah. Just you can't you can't make that comparison. Wow. Yeah, but I think that it goes back to just just you know the whole concept of running, right? Let's talk about the theory of relativity when it comes to our running and, and to our training. All right. So you can't simply create a plan because someone else posted their plan on the internet and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, they're an Olympian. I'll just do their plan and that'll go perfect for me. Right. Or, oh, they look similar to me. I should be able to run the same time as them. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. They look similar to me. Why don't I just follow their plan? And mm -hmm. You need you need some backstory. Right. Or I look like I'm in better shape than them, so I should be faster than them. Like that's a you can't one. judge it. Like no, you, you really cannot you really judge people can't. off of a picture. Yeah, and it's one of the things that running has really showed me is there is no such thing as a runner's body or a running type. Like there are people that are bigger than you that are faster than you, and there are people that are smaller than you that are slower than you. Like you just have no idea, and you don't know any anyone's backstory like you don't know how long that person's been running you don't know how long they've been training for this particular race or how hard they've been working or if they've had injuries or I mean any of it there's so much that goes into training and to running and you don't know any of it so like who are we to just look at somebody else in a race and judge whether or not we should or shouldn't be faster than that person? Right. And then you can go online and find all sorts of different Olympian and professional athletes. A lot of them will post their, their training plans. They're like, this was my training plan for the eight weeks leading up to this race. Mm -hmm. And so people will just jump right onto it or they'll do like bits and pieces of it, which is even worse. Cause one, you probably weren't at the mileage of that Olympian mm -hmm. Two, just taking bits and pieces of it misses the overall arching theme of what their training plan was. Mm -hmm. You can't just pick and choose. Right. And they've been training for 20 years. Right. That's what was written down. But what else was going into it? Like a lot of these training plans is like, oh, it was six miles in the morning and then six miles in the afternoon through hills holding my 10K pace. After like, a nap. Yeah, like you need a lot more in there. Like what happened in like not just the eight weeks before the marathon, but the eight before that. How about the 10 years before that? Mm -hmm. What got them to this point? Right. So just jumping onto somebody else's plan may or may not work for you. Sometimes it could, you know, and there are definitely times to use aspects of somebody else's plan. And that's a beneficial thing. But to simply say, oh, they're fast. That's their plan. I'm going to do it. It's not always going to work because running is very much an experiment of one. Right. And we've, we say that all the time. Like what works for one person may not work for you. Maybe it does, you know, or maybe it will work for you for a little bit and yes, then stop working. What works for one person might not work for that same person the next year. Yeah. That's the other that's issue. That's a very true story. Right. And also paces are relative. When you look at paces, one person's uh, 5K pace might be another person's half marathon pace. Like, look at you and me. This this was something that had to come up when we started uh, sort of training together. And I'm like, okay, well, this is my workout. I do this, and it's at half marathon pace. 
But that, in, in terms of how long that's going to take me, is closer to how long it's going to take you to run a 10K. Right. More like seven, eight miles. Mm-hmm. But it's closer to a 10K than it is to a half marathon. Yeah. So should you also do that workout at half marathon pace or should you do it at 10K pace? Mm-hmm. And depending on what the point of the workout is, there's benefits for both of them. There's yeah. benefits for saying like, oh, well the professionals doing it at, at their marathon pace, but professional guys are hitting a marathon just over two hours. If you're racing a half marathon in two hours, you're probably should be doing that workout at your half marathon pace. Mm -hmm. Cause it's usually more about how much time you're spending in that particular race zone mm-hmm. than than how far you're actually racing, you know, marathon versus half marathon pace. And that's interesting. And I think that's also one of the big benefits of effort-based training. And we've talked about effort-based training before. And if you want some more details, we just did one a couple episodes ago. We can link to that in the show notes. Um, we'll link to our previous episodes about effort-based training. But it's one of those things that, you know, what is a six out of 10? What is a level seven out of 10? It's different for everybody and it's different for you on different days. And that's one of the beauties of it. It's one of the things that makes it a little bit more complicated to try to figure out, you know, a lot of people um, that we coach, they want specific paces. They say, well, what does that mean? What what pace should I be hitting on this day? What should I be doing this run at? And it's like, well, it, it depends on how you <laughs> feel. Like how much sleep did you get last night? How was your eating been? Like, do you have have any like little niggles here or there like that aren't feeling good like are you sore from your strength training workout yesterday like today on when I was doing those one minute intervals like I had an effort-based workout this morning it was one minute hard three minutes easy and my one minute hard was hard (laughs) my my legs were tired like I did strength training yesterday like my hips were sore I I just was tired I didn't get enough sleep last night and um I expected that I should be hitting paces faster than the quarter mile repeats that I did last week because a quarter mile was longer than a minute. So if I'm only going for a minute, I should be hitting paces faster than I was able to hit that last week. But I didn't. I hit, like, my paces were basically around the same yeah, but, as those quarters. But the workout was different. The recovery was different. Correct. The amount of sleep was different. It was all relative. Your motivation was different. Your experience with the workout. There's right. a whole lot of stuff. My exactly. best training plan for myself, and I really feel like this has huge benefits for a lot of people, I don't like putting in a lot of, you have to be hitting this pace. Like I like two good workouts a week, one of them that has more specific time-based numbers in it. Like try and hit half miles at this with this much recovery. And it's, it's very numbers. More scientific and number-based. I mean, I, I love the numbers. And then the other one is, all right, now go five minutes on, two minutes off. And when I started and giving you, you things are. like that, and you're like, well, we have to, you know, what is on? Like you have to tell people what on pace is. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh-huh, it's it's on. Mm-hmm. It's it's an up-tempo pace. Right. Like depending on how you feel, maybe that's your half marathon pace. Could be 5K, could be 10K. I don't know how you feel that day. Yeah. It's, it's up. There needs to be a noticeable difference between when you're going hard and when you're not going hard. Mm-hmm. And the hard, you should try and be able to hold that effort for the entire hard period of time without falling off too much. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. I don't have right. a, a, a detailed number to it because then it's just too much mental stress over mm-hmm. the course of the week. Like if you miss the times on the time-based workout, then you're going to feel bad. You can't miss times on an effort-based workout. Right. It's just hitting an effort. It felt really hard. Perfect. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that makes a really big difference in, in throwing in things like that, that, you know, in our training plans, we hit both the time-based and the effort-based so that people can get the mental benefits of being able to hit certain paces, but also the mental benefits of not having to worry about certain paces and allowing them to just take that time to listen to their body. It takes the pressure off. And then in, if you're not staring at, a, at your wrist to make sure that you actually hit the appropriate pace and that your, your heart rate is at the right level and all these different things that you can factor, you can actually just listen to your body and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, push for a little bit. What does that feel like? Now recover for a little bit. What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. So that pretty much covers how training is relative from one person to the other. And one of the last things I want to mention on the whole training idea is um, how 
your personal experience with a workout or your motivation for that comes into play, ah. which shoots us back to the previous idea of how motivation helps sort of move things in terms of relativity. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that? Like, talk about that a little bit more. So your motivation for how, how much you really want to hit that workout you know, some people are more inspired to hit a clock. Some people right. are more inspired because they've got a race coming up or, you know, they want to stay faster than a certain person. So there's a lot of, of different factors that can bring in motivation. Mm-hmm. It changes essentially how much priority you're going to give to that workout. Mm-hmm. How, di- how deep do you want to dig? Yeah. Motivation plays a, a huge role in this. It's, it's related back to when we were talking about how you can expand time. You can create time based off of your level of motivation, your priority list. Yeah. And it's relative to everything else that's going on in your life at that time on yes. that day. How much mental and physical energy do you have to give to that workout today? Yes, very much so. Right. And so that ties back into, you know, just the the whole idea of being everything being relative and time being relative, your workouts being relative, all of this stuff. And it all just ties back into where these things fall on your priority list. If something is important enough to you, you will find time for it. Now, the question is, how important are these things to you? How important is running? How important is healthy eating? How important is a clean house? How important is your family? Like all of these things that are in your life are there for a reason and you need to realize what your priorities are so that you can figure out how you want to allocate your time and stop using time as an excuse and rather use it as a way that you can express your priorities. It's it's a resource. It's a resource. It's not Thank an excuse. You. It's a resource. Yeah. But speaking of priorities, it is uh, getting time to prioritize sleep. So I think we should wrap this guy up. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So... Thank you guys for joining us today for our show notes and uh, links to the other episodes about effort-based training and the other things that we talked about in this episode. Please check out the website at realliferunnerspodcast.com. This is episode number 77. You can find all of that on the website. And then if you're listening to us on iTunes, if you just scroll down, um, you can also see the show notes below and there's going to be links right there, right in the iTunes podcast player or whatever podcast player you're listening in. You can just scroll to read the summary of the episode and find all the links right there for us. So For the show notes and information on some of our coaching programs or some of the tools and resources that we like to recommend to people, please check out the website, realliferunners.com. If you have a second, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the show with a friend so that we can spread some love. Thank you guys for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next week.